1: Baseball family, on this week's episode, we're going to talk Trevor's story, early extension conversations, and the Kansas City Royals, Mount Rushmore, right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad, and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Baseball family, welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast. I'm Brig, and my other exuberant
0: co-host is Mr. Bradman. How are you, Brad? I don't know if exuberant is the word, but I'm here. I'm doing well. Long three-day weekend.
1: Yeah, we're glad you're here.
0: We're really (laughs) glad you're here. Brad has been in the
1: backfields today uh, at spring training sites, and so he has uh, exhausted himself quite a bit, actually.
0: Yeah, it's it, It's like the first warmish, like a really warm day we've had in a little while. So just yeah. standing out in the sun. I didn't get burned or anything, but just standing out in the sun for like, it was like an hour, hour and a half, something like that. And it it tuckered me right out, Greg. It tuckered, yeah. That's what happens here. that first time, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's the way it goes. Yeah. Needed well, back in spring training shape.
1: We're glad you're here, Brad, and uh, baseball family, we're glad you're here as well. We've got a lot to talk about, as we say every week, but things are ramping up very quickly. Pitchers and catchers have reported for spring training. Uh, super duh. Brad was there watching it. And yeah, Brad, uh, we've eyes. got... What?
0: That's what I saw with my own eyes.
1: With your own eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> I got to
0: meet some big leaguers, met, a, met the Mariners managers, got service. It was awesome. It was a good time. Very cool.
1: And he is not the owner. Uh... Which is news to your son, and that's so good. It is news so to my son, yes.
0: <laughs> Learning the hierarchy of baseball. Of a baseball nice.
1: team. <laughs> All right, let's jump into current events really quick. Uh, Trevor Story has reported that he could miss the entire 2023 season. Uh, he said, best case scenario, coming off of his elbow surgery, which he had last month, best case scenario is he comes back sometime in the second half of this season, which is I feel like is delayed. Um, well, I should say, I feel like the operation was delayed. Am I the only one wondering why it took till last month for him to have this surgery?
0: Sometimes I feel like they try to avoid him. You know, like they'll avoid TJ with guys a lot. They'll be like, oh, it's just yeah. a flexor strain. You know, he's right. just dealing with a little something. And then finally they're like, okay, he needs Tommy John. But my problem right. is like, now it's been three months and you're... Yeah three quarters away into next season missing time now you know yeah. so it's like and I understand he's not, he's a position player so it's not as long of a recovery and it wasn't exactly Tommy John surgery it was what no. they're calling an internal bracing procedure which is like maybe the second cousin of Tommy John surgery I don't know yeah. but yeah still it's an elbow thing for a guy who throws really hard from the shortstop position yeah and if he does come back this year maybe it will just be as a dh
1: maybe but that's a pretty Pretty rough blow for the Red Sox because now they're going to drop down to Hernandez as their everyday shortstop as it stands yeah. right now, which is a huge downgrade. And it's uh, the first of his six year deal for a hundred was $140 million. So,
0: yeah, I can't remember that's... the exact number, but think about that going from Xander Bogarts.
1: Oh man, to Kike
0: Hernandez as your everyday shortstop yeah, on a year that you pretty... already really struggled mightily
1: mightily well and Trevor only played 94 games last season Mm -hmm. so things are in the rut row camp uh as far as middle infielders go in Boston so um and I don't know who their everyday first baseman is anymore but if it's still uh Bobby Dahlbeck then that would be I mean I know he's getting better but he's not he's not your all-star caliber first baseman no he's, so, no,
0: he's definitely not. We've got some infield problems in have. Boston.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Bobby. Um, so Bobby.
0: MLB's uh, projected opening day roster for the uh, for the Red Sox has Tristan Casas. Oh, he's, he's the team's number two prospect. So they'll have a rookie. Okay, a rookie. Yeah. Well, if it's better than Bobby, that'll be great. So we'll see.
1: Um, and hopefully Never they, tell. hopefully yeah, hopefully it's a good. Hopefully it's good for him, Tristan. That'd be great. Um. So worst case scenario, Trevor Story misses all of twenty twenty three. That's bad news bears. Let's move on. Let's go to Houston because Houston is having some really interesting going goings on right now.
0: There <laughs> they really are.
1: As we know, Justin Verlander pulled up stakes and got out of there and i don't want to say it was with urgency but it he sure didn't turn and wave
0: <laughs> right it
1: didn't seem like it yeah <laughs> i don't think he was looking in the rearview mirror much on his way out the door yeah so i find that terribly interesting and then we read a headline that's the gm says he's he believes that bregman and altuve should retire as astros and then we read a headline That's that has Bregman saying, yeah, I'm going to test the market though. Right. And then we read a headline where Altuve says he wants to retire an Astro. So
0: trouble in paradise, I think, down there in Houston right now. I think honestly what it is, is so Altuve wanting to retire an Astro does not surprise me. The team that gave him a shot when nobody else would. Like, I'm sure he feels a certain level of loyalty to that organization. For sure. Right. Bregman, though. Anybody would have picked up Bregman. He is coming out LSU. He was a stud coming out of college. There are a lot of teams who I'm sure wanted Bregman, right? For sure. And I think initially, my my thought when I was like, when he said that he's going to test the market, I was like, okay, um, the Astros are kind of cheap. Yeah, been doing things on the cheap for a while, right? For a while. So what he's seeing is he's going to go out and test the market and be like, is there anybody who's going to pay me more? Carlos Correa sure got offered more money, got more money than what he would have gotten in Houston. Yep. So why not go check it out? But also the other thing to me is there's a certain level of instability in Houston. Yeah. Because it's been, what, three GMs now in four years? Right. It's front office
1: foundational stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty big deal. I feel like guys want some cons- consistency. They want some, want some stability because who knows if... Jim I think it's Jim Crane is the owner. If he's like, yeah. mm, I don't love the job this new GM is doing, and in like a year fires him. Bounced. Yeah, he's out. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Because I saw that happen in Portland a couple times with the Blazers. So they would right. hire a GM and like six months later he was gone. And yeah. I feel like that's how the Astros feel to me right now.
1: Well, and that messes up culture, messaging, mm-hmm. uh tone, hiring decisions. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Everything The whole lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see. And I hmm, I'm thinking about who in the league is gonna need a third baseman next year. And it's really interesting to think about. We're not gonna get into th- it right now, but it's really interesting.
0: When it comes down to I think most teams would would upgrade with Bregman. That's what, that's what I what think. Would too. Be. They'd, they'd make a trade if they had to.
1: I think so. I agree. And that's too bad because he's not my favorite guy. So right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. Moving on, the <laughs> uh, the Orioles, the Orioles CEO and Chairman John Angelos does not want to spend because the Orioles quote. Now hold on, I'm quoting the CEO and Chairman quote. They overachieved and overperformed last year. <gasps> no, Brad, <laughs> this is horrible oh, man, we're not going to invest in our up-and-coming team with all this momentum and all this spunk and all of this chip on their shoulder to prove to everybody that they weren't a flash in the pan. No, 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 no. They did too much. They're tired. They need
0: to take a nap and drink their
1: juice box and go back to sleep. <laughs> who is this guy?
0: Somebody who doesn't understand organizational momentum and what he has.
1: Oh, he This proves to me yet.
0: this dude does not know what he has in this team. There's a lot of talent on that Orioles team. Here's the problem I have.
1: Now, because of this statement and what it might do to morale, momentum, other purchasing decisions that we would otherwise not have been privy to, whatever other internal communication could have happened, this statement now will invalidate whatever success they have this season. But what will happen is if they do not succeed this season, this is what we're all going to point to.
0: Right.
1: We're all going to say, right? right? oh, we'll never know if they were legitimately a flash in the pan or if this guy pulled his foot off the gas and made everybody angry and that's why they're not feeling the love and underperformed in 2023. And this makes me mad because I was really excited about the Orioles in 2023. I still am, but now I'm angry about it.
0: Yeah, and for good reason because we talk all the time about owner's needing to want to win right to me this feels like some like that we talked about the orioles last year with like is this a real life major league situation
1: it's yeah, starting to feel more and more fe-
0: like a real life major league situation
1: that's what i was just gonna say that's what it feels like yeah oh, it's so sad it's so sad you got some of the most exciting young players coming up in baltimore right now and they're oh man
0: and we will know for sure in two or three years if they trade away Adley Rutchman. Oh. Oh, my God. Like, that's going to be the litmus test to see, like, if they yeah. really care or not in Boston. If they are orga- – If the organizationally they do not care about what's going on in the field, they're going to trade Adley Rutschman for a boatload of prospects in, like, two or three years.
1: To With get out of having control. to pay him during arbitration. Yeah. Yep. Holy crap. Okay, if you're a Baltimore fan, and I'm an AL East guy, if you're a Baltimore fan, I am with you. Okay, let's hope that never happens. Both of us. Because I I want – I know it would hurt my team, but I want Baltimore to do well so bad. I want them to come up young talent. Like 2015 Kansas City did. where not really didn't know very many of the guys' names. We really didn't have a pulse on who they were as an identity – and then they, you know, they won the whole thing. Something like that would be really exciting for baseball in general. So, anyway. Of course, they'd have to beat the 2023 Mariners. And Brad doesn't think that's possible, which
0: is fine. Nobody's going to beat the 2023 Mariners. You know, speaking of which, <laughs> I'm going to diverge here just for a second. I, we yeah. saw a graphic the other day. I think it was from The Athletic or something like that. Where they're yeah. showing everybody's. World Series odds, and I was absolutely yeah. baffled that they didn't have the Mariners on that list with 100% since so they're going to be the ones who win it this year. They, it was weird. They gave just it to shocked. you in well, well, what year was it, 26,
1: 7, something like that?
0: Well, so there was another projection where it had them winning in 2026, but this, was, this was like this year's thought. like World Series yeah. odds. I was like, it's so wrong. Like, that's it's just wrong. Wrong. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> flat out. Preposterous. Not factual. <laughs>
1: This is the drum I love to bang. I'm going to bang it all season. Uh, let's stay in the AL East for a minute. The 2018 Red Sox. Let's remember what happened in the 2018 with the Red Sox. Mookie Betts has come out signs saying stealing. that they they did occasionally steal signs using video technology. So even Mookie Betts thinks it's been long enough that he can now break silence and whatever. So
0: Well, and he's literally as far away from that team as he can be well and this shows opposite league
1: (laughs) yeah but this shows that his heart his mind his loyalties his allegiances his friendships maybe are also as far away from boston as as they can be that's what that says to me um
0: maybe i I mean, has anybody asked him since then i mean if nobody's ever asked him then why would he tell anything and then i wonder if somebody was finally like hey did you guys steal and he's like yeah (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's what it was I don't know yeah. <laughs> finally you know five years later somebody decided to just ask him and he's like yeah we did maybe if they'd asked anyway. him three years ago he'd be like we, yes of course we did Right? how do you think we won the it, World Series yeah. yeah
1: it's a little cold the cold the, His case is a little cold but I thought it was interesting yeah. to bring it up that the superstar says yeah yeah we did so anyway um, yeah. more More is from the American League. The Byron Buxton has said that the Twins' 2023 goals are to quote win a ring. And my response to that is, Yeah, super duh. Thanks for wasting our time with your TED talk. (laughs)
0: Like, we know (laughs) everybody says the same
1: thing in a or in uh, March, like, we know, yeah,
0: February, March. Everybody, yeah, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna give it our best shot. And if we don't win a ring, it's gonna be a disappointing season. Yeah. Duh. Thank you for that. Of course. <laughs> that's it's senior so leadership
1: funny. right there from Byron Buxton. That's what that Yeah, is. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. just checking well, the box
0: to establish himself as the old guy on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, though, I didn't see the full quote. I wonder if at some point in there it was like, yeah, we brought Carlos back because we want to win a ring. Like, right. Mm, OK. Yeah. Who that's why he came back, because he wants to win a ring with the Minnesota yeah. Twins. Mm, that's Dior. <laughs> Shopping at
1: Dior in Minnesota (laughs) or whatever it was. I'm never going to let that go. That Dior comment.
0: And then he shops it out
1: (laughs) and everybody, everybody turns him down and he goes crawling back. (laughs) It's so good. It's just so good. Baseball family. If you missed that saga, go back and listen to a couple episodes in the past and and we'll explain it all. But it's, it's quite funny. Uh, All those videos are easily identifiable on the baseball together YouTube channel. (laughs) Okay. All right, moving on. Manny Machado, really interesting situation with Manny Machado. Uh, He was offered an extension by the San Diego Padres. It was a one-time deal, one extension offer. It was for a five-year deal where he would make an average annual value of $21 million per season. So he said no, and he'll be testing the free agent market um, at the end of the 2023 season. And if he has a 2023 season like he did in 2022, I predict he's going to walk away with a good chunk of change. Yeah. For those of you also wondering, what I was wondering is that how old is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've been talking about, I feel like we've been talking about Manny Machado
0: for 20 years. It feels and that way, yeah. It it doesn't it feel that way? Yeah, yeah, it feels like he's been around forever. I mean, he's been around what like 10 years. Well, so I was thinking, so I was what's up? He so his first season was in 2012.
1: Okay, yeah. And he I played I felt like he was games. like
0: 33, 34 years old. No,
1: he was 19 when he played 50 games in the league in in 2012. So this is his age 30 season. 2023 is his age 30 season. Yeah, which means if he plays for another, I don't know, he's played 11 years in the league. If he plays for another uh, 10 years, he's going to be older
0: than Creek dirt out there. And it's going to be great
1: <laughs> because well, he's still the thing, a though.
0: baller, dude, he is. And this is the yes. thing that this is the thing with Manny Machado is that he's going to age. I feel like he's going to age well in the league. He's got a great glove. Great glove. He could transition to first base so easily when those oh. legs start to go and his i feel like his swing is going to age well cuz it's so effortless it is pure like yeah so effortless i oh, i think yeah. he's going to age well anybody getting him a 10 year contract will probably get a good 7 maybe 8 years out of him and 6 will be highlight real stuff still oh Five yeah or six of them. yeah he'll still, still be an all-star really for at least solid. 6 years
1: yeah i think so yeah so that's really interesting i feel bad for san diego i don't understand what they're doing and now they're being applauded for their spending um, Rob Manfred came out and said, congratulations, San Diego. We, we really appreciate what you're doing uh, and how you're managing your money. But then he went around and said, but I don't think that what they're doing is sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> he said that about San Diego. And I was like, wow, that was a backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. Hmm. Aren't you supposed to be on their side there, Rob? I don't understand uh, what's going on.
0: I don't know. It's really interesting with Rob Manford these days because he's like, he's talking at both sides of his mouth a lot. Yeah. More you know, than usual. Right. More than usual. Yeah. Because he's saying things like, oh, yeah, baseball is in a great spot right now, but we're hurting financially because the owner shouldn't be spending so much money. But look at you, Sandy. You have a good job. But I don't think it's going to last for that long. It's like, oh, my goodness. It's, and it's like what yes. David Samson told us. He said that. <laughs> Rob Manfreda is a lawyer. He's very smart, but he is terrible with PR, and we're seeing it yeah. every single day, every day, every we time it. we turn around.
1: So good for him. And we'll just keep watching because it's just plain old entertaining, if nothing else. <laughs> if you can find a way to not get angry about it, like I have been wont to do in the past, then you can uh, you can enjoy it, which I'm learning to do. Thanks, Brad, for helping me. Brian Brian Reynolds Pittsburgh Pirates Brian Reynolds says he's now open to an extension. <laughs> so okay, hold on. Let me back it up for you. <laughs> so he
0: says <laughs> it, was, it was the middle of last season. He's like, "Trade me, trade me now." I've had I think it. I don't, I don't think it was in. I think it was in like November, maybe October. Oh, maybe it was November. We're That's sure we're what talking it was. about that? Yeah,
1: it feels like a million years ago. He says. Yeah. He says, trade me now. I've had it. And they come back and they're like, no way. I'm never <laughs> going to trade you. And then, and, then, and then they come back around and they're like, but if you wanted to go to the Yankees, we might be able to work something out
0: and then he, <laughs> so he well and they around. were they were in talks with seattle a lot too in seattle like, all right was, they were shopping for sure they're, yeah.
1: they're like actually maybe this is the right thing to do <laughs> so then they <laughs> went back on what they said and now and then they told him no and everybody got told no and he's like and he starts kicking rocks again and now he's like you know what i i, I think i could extend here in pittsburgh <laughs> it's like what what is happening?
0: Just don't ask for a no trade clause. That's all. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh no, man. man. Don't do that. Don't make it hard on him when the, when you do want to get traded. And I understand he can wave any he, he can waive his no trade clause at any time. <laughs> yeah. But don't make it hard on him to get rid of you if you want <laughs> if you want him to trade you eventually because you don't want to be stuck there if that's not where you want to be. It's just I mean, I, I understand that he probably just bulging. wants some stability, right? Probably. He's an up-and-coming all-star, and he wants to be guaranteed. Because a lot of times when when those guys, when they get traded, then they sign an extension right away. And I'm sure that's what it was. He want to get sent to a team that's a little more free and easy with their money than the Pirates because they're notoriously cheap, at least oh, yeah. lately. Yeah, And so yeah. I'm sure that he's like, fine, just give me an extension so I know I'm going to continue to get paid. Yeah. And I now that I think about it, as I'm sitting here talking and thinking about things, I wonder if the Andrew McCutcheon deal has anything to do with it. Interesting. Is now he's got a guy who can come in and help with the clubhouse, help maybe be a little bit of a liaison with the front office. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's only right. one year. Why would you right. want And it's guaranteed to 2023. So the only right. stability he's going to have, I I don't see him saying, I want to extend now suddenly because McCutchey is going to be here for the maybe he feels like,
0: Maybe he feels like it's going to change enough things. I don't know. Maybe. Because things were pretty good pretty good when McCutcheon was around.
1: They were really good. Things were quite I mean, good. as good as they've so, been in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest. Like, we pick on the Pirates a lot, but they call for it. Like, they ask for it. And mm-hmm. we don't want to pick on the Pirates. We want. Pittsburgh no, they get the best be. logo
0: in baseball. Why do I want to pick on the Pirates? The best logo, the best one of the baseball.
1: best ballparks. It's a great. Sports Town, especially if you're a football fan. Anyway. Yeah. Um okay, let's <laughs> Oops. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> that was a big fat joke. Uh two two things uh remaining and then we're going to move on, but let's talk about Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward, he plays left field for the Angels and we know the Angels have problems. But Taylor Ward comes out and says he wants to be the best left fielder in the league. And at first I went, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, okay. Here we go with another stupid TED Talk, right? We're like, "Uh uh-huh, sure you do. (laughs) Who doesn't want to be the best in their position, blah, blah, blah. And then I got thinking about it, and I was like, wait a minute. Left field, at least right now, is ridiculously weak league-wide. It is like we are having problems everywhere with left fielders. So then I thought, okay, who are like top-tier left fielders in the league right now because it sure enough isn't Joey Gallo, right? And yeah. I thought, okay, all right, so who who are they? So I looked it up and they came up with a, a couple of lists and I narrowed them down. And here's a couple of names I came up with that I think are really, really interesting. So the first one is Stephen Kwan. Now, Stephen Kwan was a rookie and he's still one of the best left fielders in the league, which I, I think is worth noting because... That's how weak the left field roster is league-wide, first of all, that a rookie is arguably the best left fielder in the league as of last year. Here are Stephen Kwan's numbers. Out of 147 games he played last year, he uh, scored 89 runs, 168 hits, 25 doubles, 7 triples, 6 home runs, 52 knocks, 19 stolen bases, 62 walks, and 60 strikeouts. His slash line is 298, 373, 400. That gives him a 5.5 war overall for his rookie and, season. Finished,
0: and finished third in the rookie of the year voting.
1: Correct. And went to the playoffs. Right. Right, which is not, and performed well in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I'm like, okay, arguably the number two best left fielder in the league right now is Randy Arena. A Rosarina out of 153 games last season, 72 runs, 154 hits, 41 doubles, 3 triples, 20 home runs. Sh, yikes. 89 RBIs, 32 stolen bases, 46 walks, 156 strikeouts. That's huge jump up from Stephen Kwan. From 60 strikeouts to 156. His slash line, Randy's, 263, 327, 445. He had a 2.8 WAR over last season alone. Okay, and he's got a couple of years under his belt already. Not very many, but a couple. So I start that. I th- I feel like that represents the range of what is possible in left field, like statisticals. But I yeah, also it's like feel like the top like,
0: tier, of what you w- what you would want from your left. I mean, ideally, that's what you want for your left fielder, right? Because, like those, you said, those, those are top great. two guys. You would love to have that from him. Now, go ahead with Taylor Ward. Keep in mind, he played right field last year. But I don't know that necessarily moving from right to left is going to affect him offensively this much. Sorry, go ahead.
1: So his offense, (coughs) excuse me, Taylor Ward's offense, 135 games, so right up in there, 73 runs, 139 hits, 22 doubles, two triples, 23 home runs. He leads this list. 65 RBIs, five stolen bases, which is way less than everybody else. 60 walks, 120 strikeouts, his slash line 281, 360, 473. Cumulatively he gets a 3.7 war for last season. Now, obviously, that's just offensive production, and there's defensive statistics we could look at as well and narrow this all down. But those are not bad
0: numbers. He was a good player last year for them. Yeah, he was really good. Like this is the thing: is that the Angels had several guys who had pretty good years, right? Like obviously, Otani had a good year. Trout had a good year when he was playing. Yeah. Um, Luis Ringhifo was really spotty, but he was good. Like when he was good, he was really good. When he was not, he was yeah. pretty bad. So mm-hmm. there was that. But Taylor Ward, I felt like was was a really good player for them last year, and I think and clearly
1: he, consistent.
0: Yeah, I think he has a, a good shot at. Even, I mean, he. I don't want to say he'd be an all-star, but. He'd certainly could be, be could certainly be the left the best left fielder in the game. I think it's realistic because I had the exact same too. thought you did. <clears throat> like right, yes, of course you want to be the less, best left fielder in the game. Who doesn't want to be the best in their position? But for him to say that was actually realistic. It wasn't yeah. like Byron Buxton saying that the Twins want to win a ring, <laughs> <laughs> right? Come on, <laughs> you
1: know? yeah, and that's where I went first. I was like, come on, be quiet. Yeah. Um, so here's here's the next layer of of sort of detail here is that we're going to ban the shift. And if we ban the shift, then it's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of really bad left fielders who've been getting backed up big time by a deep infield and somebody in that shallow left field position occasionally on a shift. So they're not going to have the backup and the support that they've been having. And I wonder if that does, in fact, strengthen Tyler Ward's position here in actually becoming one of the best left fielders in the league, if not the best.
0: Right, because Jesse Winker was really exposed last year as a left fielder defensively. That yeah. like the the Mariners traded for him, and all the fans were like, "Okay, we're getting a bat. We want an offensive like he's an offensive guy. He's kind of I don't know if we thought defensive liability going into the season, but it certainly showed that way at the end of the season. We're like, man, there is like no effort out there in left field. Yeah, and so you've got that. You've got Joey Gallo, right? You've got Aaron Hicks at the oh, other end of the spectrum. Just knock it off, right? it's so when he plays left. Taylor Ward very well could be considered top three if not the best left fielder if he has another year like last year
1: yeah so anyway just a little bit of fun news there with some statistical breakdowns last thing and then we'll take a break Clayton Kershaw is out of the WBC this is a big fat rut row in a lot of ways first it's probably his last year playing baseball at all right Second, the WBC doesn't come around very often. So this is probably his last chance ever to be in the WBC. He didn't play in the Olympic team. So chances of that are going away fast as well. Although he could pull a Todd Frazier and come back. I could see that just to be on an Olympic team. I'm not saying. That'd be pretty cool, actually. That'd be, down It'd be way that. cool. It'd be way Cool. And the, the the dates are gonna work out for that to be a possibility, even if he retires from baseball at the end of this year, I mean, especially if he does, but it just didn't work out is the justification we see. Okay. And
0: are you ready go for Go ahead, this Brad. I'm ready. To- so it's not it doesn't have anything to do with injury, he's set to go. It doesn't have to do anything with the Dodgers because they told him he could, right? He had permission from the Dodgers to go, right? Um, what it was, let me find it exactly in the article here, what he said or what they said was the issue is apparently insurance related as the 34 year old couldn't secure coverage for his $20 million contract due to his recent injury history. That's what sources told Ken Rosenthal of the athletic. It's an insurance issue. What? Which is crazy to think about that. That's like that. that's the problem of all things. Like I wonder what? if that's why G man Choi got pulled out. Yeah. Um, who else? We saw a couple other guys get pulled out, and I wonder if yeah. it's an insurance issue. Whoa! That that's why guys are willing to play, and clubs are willing to send them because they have insurance coverage for that. I, it's not something I had ever thought about, never, because I know about injury insurance for college athletes. Like college football players, especially, will take out an insurance on themselves. You know, worth like two or three million dollars at the beginning of the season, at their top prospect, whatever. But I had never thought about it with the World Baseball Classic, and that makes perfect sense. It really does. So it's—I think it just came down to he probably he wasn't comfortable going and playing without insurance. I was like, okay,
1: and I don't blame you, bro,
0: because that would void I wouldn't your contract either. potentially. That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that's too bad, though.
0: Yep. It mm. is. I Feel like there needs to so, be a way around that. Yep. Insurance companies ruling the world again, but I will not step on that soapbox. Because <laughs> we don't instead, have time, Brig. <laughs> instead, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back,
1: we are gonna talk about your Kansas City uh Royals Mount Rushmore.
0: Just a minute. Welcome back, baseball family. So, like Brig talked about, we are going to be doing the Kansas City Royals Mount Rushmore today. And as always, Brig is gonna start us off and teach us some history about the organization. Um, of the Kansas City Royals. Take it away, Brig. Kansas City Royals team name brought to you by Ms.
1: Bradman. The origins, he'll remind you of that. Um, but it comes from cattle, right? I'll just do it. it comes yeah. from
0: cattle. Royal cattle. Yep, that's, they Royal believe they cattle. have the best cattle around. Yep.
1: They've been around since 1969. They've uh, nice. had 54, yeah, 54 seasons in the league. Their record puts them 4,066 wins. Four thousand four hundred forty-one losses. That's a four seven eight winning average. They've had nine playoff appearances in that fifty-four year time span. Four pennant. Uh, they've won the pennant four times. Two World Championships. Winningest manager Ned Yost seven forty six to eight thirty nine. That's again a four seventy one win loss percentage. Um, they have four jerseys retired. Jackie Robinson, obviously being one of them. The remainder of them are the Royals. We've got George Brett, Dick Houser, and Frank White.
0: Excellent. So instead of uh, reminding you what, once again about the team name origin, because we, just, we went there a little bit ago, I have a what if in place of. This is a piece of Royals team history that I think would have altered. I don't know if it would have changed a whole lot of baseball history or like how things shook out over the few years after. But let's take a look at the 2014 World Series Game 7 against the San Francisco Giants. This game was played in Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium. Game 7, like I said, we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Going into this inning, the Royals trail 3-2 to mad bum on the mound to close things out. Um, Got a couple quick outs. Got Eric Hosmer to strike out swinging Billy Butler fly out but then alex gordon comes in and things get interesting Hits a line drive to left field and there is an error on the center fielder so it should have been a single should have been on first but he advanced around to third base now looking back on that and i said this at the time i was yelling at the tv because the giants had won two of the previous three world series and i wanted them to lose i guess it was two of the previous four anyway i wanted them to lose Right? Because I want somebody else to win the World Series. That's just the way I am. And so I was screaming at the TV, send him! Send him! And I understand you don't want to make the third out at third or home. I understand that. But you've got to be aggressive and I wanted them to send him. I still maintain to this day, if they had sent him, he would have been safe. It would have required a perfect throw to the relay from the wall. A perfect throw from the relay to home. Alex Gordon would have made it. The dude was absolutely flying. So, Send Alex Gordon. He scores on an E8. You got yourself a tie game, 3-3. to Okay. Who comes up next? Salvador Perez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he is up. Now, with the bases empty, instead of with a runner on third, his his plate approach changes. He's just trying to get on base. You want to get somebody on base. He's not necessarily trying to win it, right? Hmm. He just wants to get on base. So he singles to left field. We'll say on a three-one count.
1: Okay, that makes singles sense.
0: to left field. He's on base, and then you've got coming up Eric Hosmer. Oh, was it Eric Hosmer? No, sorry, Eric Hosmer already hit. It was Mike Mustakis? Moose, Moose coming up to the plate. Moose walks it off. Game over. Series over. The Royals win the 2014 World Series. Okay. Okay, altering the Giants' legacy. Madison Bumgarden's Madison Bumgarner's legacy because he is no longer the lights up postseason guy. He's now he becomes the average regular season pitcher and kind of an average postseason pitcher that, like, oh, he had a great series, but he couldn't get that last out. Right? Right. So his yeah. legacy is a little bit changed going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, the 2015 Royals, they're not hungry, they've been fed, they're not right. hungry anymore. So they go into the uh, they go into the ALCS against the Baltimore Orioles. Rather than sweeping the Orioles, the Orioles win that series. They go on to play yeah. the Mets in the World Series. Yeah, the, the Mets, Mets being, yeah, the Mets being the better team, they win that World Series. So instead of the Mets being the Mets in the 2000s, the Mets now have a World Series title in 2015. And I'm going to say they go on the a repeat in 2016. Whoa, they were. Even though you hate that. Even though I hate that, I feel like they—I'm going to say they were just because of their pitching, they got better. Syndergaard, Degrom got better. I know I said with the Royals they were fed and they weren't fat and hungry anymore, or they weren't hungry anymore. But I'm going to say that the, that the Mets, because the pitching that they had and the core that they had, they were to keep the—they were able to keep that core together because guys weren't asking for a bunch of money, everything went blah, blah blah. So right. they kept it together, and they repeat, and it changes, it alters a couple of years of baseball history. That's my one. No doubt.
1: Okay. That's a good one, Brad. That's a good one. I like that. Thank Mm. you. So, fun fact, story about me. I was in a hospital bed in an emergency room watching the 2015 World Series. I had a television set. I just come home from Afghanistan and I had flown to Germany and I was finally made it to Colorado. And I'm in Colorado Springs and I'm at the uh, I'm at the hospital, not the one on base yet. but I was at the hospital downtown <clears throat> and I'm uh, in the emergency room and they got to take a bunch of x-rays and I got to get an MRI and everything like that. And I'm like, does this TV work? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the world series. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, in so in agony, but I'm like, you got to do something for me. Like this Percocet's not working. Turn on to baseball. <laughs> so- So they did. They turned on baseball, and the guy came to wheel me. He he had to put me in a wheelchair. No, 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 or maybe it was my bed that he rolled out. I don't remember. They had to roll me to to my x-ray, and I was like, oh, no, no, hold on, hold on, wait. And we watched the inning turn, you know, close it out, (laughs) that half, that side. And then I was like, okay, go. We got to hurry. He rolled me to the x-ray, and we came back, and I was like, oh, we missed way too much. It's okay, it's okay. the mri guy came in to wheel me the tech came in to wheel me over and i was like no no no, you're gonna wait and i gotta watch to retire the side and i was like okay then we gotta go we gotta hurry
0: (laughs) so was me which game was it which game was
1: it i don't remember oh (laughs) i think it might have been the last game it might have been the final game
0: so were your vitals Um, hooked up and everything no i wasn't quite in i wasn't quite in that situation because I've, cause I've been in the ER. I've been in the hospital during a game with my vitals hooked up, and it's fun to watch your heart rate. It's <laughs> You're like, beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the nursing team responds and everything. It's okay. It's okay. It's
1: okay. It's just <laughs> baseball. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah, I had the whole nursing staff sitting there waiting for me to – waiting for whatever's going to happen on the TV to happen on the TV that's before that's they could, could perform their duties. <laughs> it's like, that's shut up. up. We're watching
0: baseball. It was funny. All right, Brad. All right, go ahead and break. Let's why don't you lead us off? Get us started with your first, okay. uh, first guy for your Mount Rushmore. All right, pull him up here so I get all this
1: statisticals down because I'm very excited to bring this up. Okay, my guy, my first, I have four and I have two honorable mentions. Um, my first guy has his numbers, number retired in Kansas City. Um, under the Royals organization because he spent 21 years in the league. All 21 of them were with Kansas city. Um, third, he finished third in rookie of the year voting. He won the MVP in 1980. Um, he's got silver sluggers, like three of them, three batting titles. He was the, uh, major league player of the year. He won an ALCS MVP gold glove, 13 time all-star. He's a hall of famer, His career war is 88.6, career batting average 305. He hit 317 home runs for a guy who started out as a slap hitter at the beginning of his career. Um, I'm talking about George Brett. I I think this is a no-brainer super duh. You can't talk about the Royals if you talk talk about George Brett.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was hoping we'd go to him later, but uh, I think it actually makes sense to go first because he's like the prominent center figure, right? Is the one, yeah. Like you have to
1: justify a lot of uh, these other guys have to just be justified. You don't have to justify George Brett,
0: right? Exactly right. And he led the league several times in batting average on base percentage. Like there was one year he, that year that he was MVP, he was by by and large the best hitter in the league. Yeah, right. And and the thing that's funny is that scouts always want to make a comp, right? yeah they want to compare prospects to like oh i think this guy i feel like the kiss of death is when you compare somebody to george brett because there's such a high such a high expectation dustin Ackley was compared to george brett and we're all like oh that'd be nice but i don't know and it never happened right yeah don't do
1: that yeah but yeah here's the thing about george (laughs) brett is he was part of the 85 series that the world series which is one of two that they have. He's he was there. He led the team that year. So in '85, he had the he led the league in slugging OPS, OPS plus, and uh, came in I think two, number two in MVP voting. If I'm, yeah, number two. That's his all star. He was all star that year. It's his Gold Glove year, Silver Slugger. Dude was a monster that year, and that's the year they won the whole the whole thing. So yeah, um, you just can't. We just can't not talk about George Brett. Well, we and can't that's talk about talking.
0: Brett with, without talking about the pine tar incident. You have to. Right? So, yeah. for those of you who don't know, uh, George Brett hit a game-winning home run, and, but then the, against the Yankees in New York, or was it? No, it wasn't. No, it was it in was Kansas in, City. It was in Kansas City because it was yeah. a walk-off. Yeah. But the Yankees manager, uh, Billy Martin, was he saw the entire time that George Brett's pintar was a little bit high up on the barrel. Tucked it away, waiting for the right moment. The right moment was the walk off. He challenged it. Turned out there was too much. The Royals then. This is the part that you never hear about. The Royals then challenged the ruling or petitioned or whatever with the league. Yeah, they they came back and they had to. They had to play it again, and the Royals ended up winning the game.
1: They won in New York. In New York, yeah. With weeks and weeks later, the home
0: team. Yeah, several weeks later, they ended up doing that. But that was so that was in 1983, and that was one of George Brett's best years. He led the league in slugging and OPS and OPS plus. Sure did. All star didn't finish top ten or anything in MVP voting or, slug, or silver slugger, but it was another great George Brett year. And that's one of the things the guy like him is having a 13 year peak is amazing. How do you do that, man? That's the thing that's hard is that some of these guys will be really, really good for three, four, five years, but to be that good for 13 years, that's a revelation.
1: It is insane. So, I mean, he is largely considered maybe even the best third baseman of all time. Definitely He's one in the conversation, no question. But he might, I mean, you
0: could argue that he's the best third
1: baseman of all time.
0: Yeah, I think and my mom would tell you he's the best third Malt. baseman ever. Yeah, his nickname is Mullen. Yeah. Uh, he's actually my mom's favorite player. Really, that's why I know about George Brett. Is I heard about George Brett all grown up. That's interesting because she grew up a Kansas City Royals fan. Continues to actually uh, be a Royals fan to this day. Wow, yeah, that's exciting. Yep. True facts, Brig. True fact. <laughs> true facts. Excellent. Hey, Brad, I got you all one. Right. Okay, Um, I also have. I have four. I have one honorable mention. Um, okay. I am going to save that honorable mention for later. George Brett was yeah. one of my guys, but I'm going to go with like, this guy, if you will. Okay. Current player. Ooh. I think you know. I think you know who I'm going to say. I think I do. Because I'm very biased to the position. Yes, you I are. don't think that the Royals would have won the World Series in 2015, in 2015. without him. Hundred um, percent. It's unfortunate that they have been so bad for 90% of his career, but it is Salvador Perez, the yep. catcher. Nickname Salvi or El Nino. I love it. Seven-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove, and it probably should be more than that, to be honest with you. Four-time yeah. Silver Slugger and a World Series MVP, and also just a Seattle Mariner killer. The last True. three years has just crushed the Mariners. He hit like three Grand Slams in one series last year. It was bizarre. But he has been—he was an All Star from 2013 to 2018. He didn't play in 19 because of a of an elbow injury. Would have probably would have been in 2020 if there was one, and then he was yeah. again in 22, or sorry, 21. He wasn't in 22. Only played 114 games. But here's the thing: the dude is 30. He'll be 33 this year. Yeah, and he's a catcher. Um, I think that they're gonna start transitioning him to the DH position. He That's what I was going to say more last year. Um, because he's starting to get more of a DH body than a catcher's body. I feel like. That's right. <laughs> As he ages, but that's natural aging, right? That's what we're seeing yeah. now. Now that steroids are gone from the oh, game, yeah. mostly, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless he has Robbie Cano. But anyway, <laughs> no, I I feel like Salvi Perez, though, with the role that he's played on that Royals team, to be the solid anchor. That he's the one guy that they've been like we'll keep you around for as long as you want to be around, right? And like I think he's going to want to be around, around for a
1: long time. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Because that's one of the things, too, that you see with the Royals. We saw it with we saw it with the Angels that there are certain organizations that just don't pay to keep guys around. Yep. Guys don't stay. They come for a little bit and then they go away, either because they just flat out don't want to or because they are not getting the money that they have earned and they're going to go yeah. get it elsewhere. So,
1: so Salvi's on my list as well, by the way. I think we're going to have a lot of guys. Time. There's of two overlap. overlaps
0: already, yeah.
1: Um, I, I I agree with everything you said, and I listed all of those reasons for, for my justification. But one of the things you didn't mention that I dig is that he's only had 11 years in a season, or, or whatever that means. He's had 11 seasons <laughs> <laughs> total, <laughs> and he's got a, a career war, cumulative career war of 32.3 right now. Um, And that's solid for 11 seasons. I really dig that. So yeah. I think he's, he's on pace to have really great, um you know, positive war seasons to, to, to come.
0: And I'll bet mm-hmm. he never leaves Kansas city. I'll bet they like, I think he retires or yeah, I think he retires a Royal. So one thing about Salvi um have you ever, I mean, you went to a Royals game last year. Did he play? Did you get to see him? I don't remember if he played or not.
1: My kid was very wanted to right, do other were, things.
0: That's <laughs> right. You were doing other things. So in 2020, we went out to um, out to the Royal Springs Spring Training Facility before COVID. We were down here before COVID. Right. And we went, to, we went to a couple games. And he walked, we were like, we were pretty close down to the field out down the left field line. And he walked past with his bag. And he is a large man. Yeah, like he's a big dude. That's one thing I was actually telling my son Wilson today when we were going out to the fields. Uh, he asked something along the lines of, "Like, what does it take to be a, a professional baseball player?" Like something you'll notice with these guys is like they are bigger than regular humans. A lot of them For are sure. more, larger than regular human beings, and Salvador Perez is a large man. Like, and he's I don't six, mean that three like, two fifty five. The dude is he is built. He is a mountain of a man. So yeah. big and I couldn't, and like, you don't, you don't have a concept of how big that is until you see it up close and personally, You're like, geez, that's yeah. why I never played professional baseball. Right. Well, Along many other reasons, but like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I'm not that big nor would I ever have been. Right. Yeah.
1: Same, same, which is but totally anyway. okay.
0: Yeah. It was a revelation again okay he won't he Um, won't be
1: a free agent until 2026 by the way and again i i think that's when they're going to be like all right let's do this
0: i wouldn't be surprised to be completely honest with you if it came down to it about that time if he's starting to starting to mull retirement maybe or if he starts get if he gets a short like kind of a shorter deal and they're like we want you we want you to retire because you've been a fixture um but we don't want to extend you long term because you're getting you're an aging catcher. And I think he's gonna understand that. He seems like a guy who's got enough self awareness that when it comes time time to it, that he'll know when it's time to hang him up.
1: Catchers are usually that way.
0: A lot of them are, yeah. 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 Cause your knees start to bark at you and it's like, yeah, okay. They <laughs> get pretty loud. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I agree. All right, we both have two down. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we each have two more. Plus, let's talk a little bit about honorable mentions as well.
1: All right, baseball family. Brad and I often overlap on these lists. And just to remind you, we do not collaborate or collude beforehand. This is all completely off the cuff, independently curated lists and this is once again, we have never not overlapped. So we're Already. excited to
0: see. If well, real quick though, Brig, I mean, for those of you who don't know, we talked about this a couple years ago. When we started doing these, and I was I was out visiting Brig and we spent time on opposite sides of the house putting together our list so that we wouldn't collaborate at all. Like that's how that's yep. how hard we try not to overlap and share with these, but it always happens. Like we said, with the Royals, especially it's a, it's a very select list of guys you want to have on that Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen quite a bit. So sorry, go ahead, break.
1: No, no, it's great. I appreciate that. Okay. So we're going to actually jump into our honorable mentions before we give you our final two names for our picks for the Mount Rushmore. Um, but before we do that baseball family, if you think we've totally lost our minds, including George Brett on the Kansas city Mount Rushmore, you should let us know And if you disagree with any of these following, we want to know as well. If there's somebody you want to add, let us know. You can do that in a number of ways. Baseballtogether.com is a great way to do that or on all the socials. All right. So um, I'm going to lead off one of my honorable mentions. I don't think you can talk about the Kansas City Royals without talking about Pine Tar.
0: It's legitimately right.
1: one of <laughs> it's one of my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You're
0: right. Yep. And you already Absolutely. told the story, so I'm really grateful. <laughs> that's really funny that you say that pine tar is one of them because one of my honorable mentions was fountains. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, yeah, it's a legit. It's so true.
0: <laughs> because Kauffman Stadium, it like it's it's the Royals, it's George Brett, and it's fountains. Like that's right. I don't know, maybe I should have put the fountains on there because it would have been easier to include them than one of the other guys I have. But I have a hard time including an inanimate object on a Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it's hard. It's really, But they found a way to put it on the hats, and that was really cool. They did. It's I very good. That. looks very good. All right, who's your hey, other honorable mention?
1: My other honorable mention only spent five years with the team. He was an all-star one of those times, and actually that season in he 1989, led the league, he led the league in strikeouts that year. Actually, but he did finish number 10 in world C- or in all uh, MVP voting, whatever kind of voting. Uh, it was MVP voting, he finished <laughs> number 10 in the top 10 MVP voting, is is amazing. So that was obviously like a killer year. Uh, out of 135 games that year, his slash line was 256, 310, 495. And I really think that even though five years with the team is not long out of a a collective. What eight years in the league is all this person is so iconic. He did so much, not only for baseball, but for sports in general. And by just by extension for Kansas city sports that you simply cannot talk about the Kansas city Royals
0: without at least
1: considering Bo Jackson.
0: Right. And initially, I had him as – he was the first guy I thought – or I guess second guy I thought of after George Brett. But then I looked at his numbers. I was like, it's such a short time, such a flash yeah, he, in the pan. It yeah. is crazy to think about, though, that he was drafted in June of 86 and made his debut September 2nd of 86.
1: Nuts. That he was,
0: he was ready to go out of college. And I wonder if that's part of what had to do with it. Like, Could obviously be. football, right? Because of Yeah, Jersey. yeah. Two-sport you know, player. But, yeah. Yeah, but I think that there has to be something said for adjusting your body to the physical rigors of a major league schedule. That's a lot. That is a yeah. whole lot. So and he did it I, eight
1: times, which is not a that's not something to scoff at, especially right. if you're playing in the National Football League as well as a starter.
0: And <laughs> not for, just playing, but dominating. Yeah, yeah. Crushing <laughs> being it. a cheat code. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for so, sure. I,
1: and you came out of Auburn, like Auburn. So I don't know, man. I, I really do think um, that he doesn't belong in the Mount Rushmore, but you you simply can't. You can't even think about Kansas City without thinking about Bo Jackson. It, Kansas right. City
0: baseball. You just can't. Yeah, some of the best Royals highlights ever have come from Bo Jackson, running up the wall, throwing out a runner. Was it third flat-footed from right – or uh, yeah. at home from left field?
1: Breaking the bat after a strikeout, like, come on. Yeah. These are yeah. iconic moments. And maybe it's because that's when we were growing up. I don't know. But they're like, in
0: our minds anyway, in my mind, they're big deals. Right. I agree. Yep. Yeah. But like you said, doesn't necessarily deserve to be on the mountain, but should be in the conversation as an honorable mention. And that's why I have him as, as an honorable mention as well. Yeah. No so. doubt. All right. Break. Uh, go why ahead. You go go ahead with your. No, okay, you go. I'll... Yeah. Yeah. I'll you go. Okay. This is a guy, actually, I mentioned earlier one of the guys uh so one of the things that's hard i said with the royals is that guys just don't spend a lot of time there but this guy did this guy spent all of his 14 seasons with the kansas city royals to the tune of three all-stars eight gold gloves two platinum gloves by the by and Ooh. a world championship in 2015 probably could have had one in 2014 but if they'd sent him alex gordon right Alex Gordon is a Kansas City Royal. Absolutely. Through and through. Um, he got the he got the Hall of Fame, the team Hall of Famer send-off, right? Yeah. I think it was in yeah. 2020 when they sent him out just for the last game, just to get the ovation from the players because there were no fans in the seats in 2020. Right, which right? is
1: so sad. Yeah. So
0: he didn't get a proper send off. But uh No, I I think that he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore because he spent his entire career there. Yes, only three all-star appearances. But any time a guy gets a platinum glove, let alone two, he deserves to be top tier for that organization because he's obviously a great, great defensive player. Alex Gordon. And he he was winning gold gloves the last four years of his career as well. Yeah. When he was 33, 34, 35, and 36. Yeah. So. I love it. yeah, I think the biggest part of it though is just sticking around. And I think it's because he's from there, because he's from Lincoln, Nebraska, like from the area.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. It probably yeah, has a yeah.
0: lot to do with it. But anyway, got to put him on Mount Rushmore.
1: Hmm. I don't. <laughs> okay. Who do you have instead?
0: <laughs> I, I have a if you guy. Have my next guy, honestly.
1: I probably do. I, I got a guy who did not spend his entire career. In Kansas City, and that's something that I take into consideration a lot, like you said, Brad. This guy only spent eight years of his 16-year career with the Royals. But in that time, he won a Cy Young Award twice, finished top 10 MVP voting twice in that period of time. He was an all-star multiple times, but twice with Kansas City, and he was part of the 1985 World Championship. He finished his career with a 58.9 war overall. He's got a gold glove, an ERA title. He was the World Series MVP in 1985 when he was 21 years old. Seriously, 21 years old. You take your team to the World Series. You win the World Series. You win the Cy Young Award that year. Your name is Brett Saberhagen. Oh, solid. That's a good pick. I'm like, it's unbelievable resume. His career ERA was 3.34. He leads the team in tons of uh, pitching statistics. Like wins, (laughs) which I know we scoff at, but he still leads the franchise. He's the franchise leader in wins. So, anyway, Brett Saberhagen... This, I'll tell you what was hard for me in, in doing this, was that you've got these two generations. You've got the generation of George Brett Brett Saberhagen, mm-hmm. and you've got the Salvi, Zach Granke, you know, those yeah. guys. It's like, what do you do? Because I feel like there's probably two different factions of Kansas City fans, and they would probably argue in different ways. So I had to find a way to blend them, but I just couldn't turn away from Brett Saberhagen.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, and I, I didn't even think about it. and I didn't I didn't bother looking because to me, Brett Saberhagen is a Red Sox. <laughs> Always that's has fine. been, but that's just me. Anyway. But that's because no, he, that's he played pick.
1: for Boston in the 90s.
0: Right. Yeah, the late 90s. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah, that's exactly why. That, that's where he's most prominent in my mind is with the Red Sox. Right. Okay. Can I go with my last guy real quick? Yeah, and then I'll go. Go ahead. Okay, so this guy spent 15 of his 19 years with the Royals. Okay. okay, Three-time, sorry, two-time All-Star, uh, but led the league in several categories, even in years that he wasn't an All-Star. He Ooh. is an outfielder. Okay. Uh, two-time Silver Slugger, batting title, Gold Glove, um, a nickname that my son got from a teacher over the last couple of years, Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson. (laughs) Good. That teacher has become a good friend of mine. And when she asked about, she says, how's Willie Wilson doing? But (laughs) that's uh,
1: awesome.
0: (laughs) But Willie Wilson, part of the 1985 World Series team, um, led the league in triples that year in 1980. He led the league in uh, in runs, hits, triples, and then. He led the league with eighty-three stolen bases and seventy-nine. That's my kind of guy, right there. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but mostly, again, like I said, the longevity—being with the Royals for fifteen years—he is a significant part of that history, especially that '80s, that '80s right. Royals team, because he played with the Royals from '76 through '90. Yeah, so no, that's he was part and of some those of those Royals were, teams.
1: Some of those were lean years. Right. And some of those were really intensely
0: successful years. Yep. Yeah. He saw the best of the best. And I'm imagining the worst of the worst at the Royals during those years, but he yep. stuck it out. I feel like he, a guy like that has got to be part of a Mount Rushmore, especially with limited success, limited guys sticking around in an organization. Mm-hmm. You've got to put him on there. You've got to put him on Mount Rushmore. Love it. So, all right. Go to your last one, Brig. All right.
1: My last one. The, he was with the Royals for 10 years in his career from 2010 to 2019 um, of this, of the 16 years he was in the league. So 10 of those from 10 to 19. Okay. That which gives him two pennants and a world series bid and victory. Um, he was in charge of a streak of wins that leads all of Kansas City's franchise. This is the winningest manager in the history of the franchise in Ned Yost. Solid. But I solid don't think I don't think you can get away with taking a guy who was there for the build up to 20 like all of the build up to 2015. He was there for 14 and 15. They won in 15, barely barely lost in 14, won it in 15. And then uh carried you know finished his career there so
0: Mm
1: i just think he's a fixture
0: i mean his 2014
1: win-loss percentage was 733 his 2015 win-loss percentage was 688 i mean come on
0: yeah it's funny though looking at ned yost after the so after the after the Royals won the World Series, they finished at five hundred eighty-one 81 and 81, then 80 and 82. Then they fell right off a cliff in mm-hmm. 2018, lost 100, 100 games in 18 and 19. And Ned Yost was around until twenty nineteen after the 2019 season, where I guess I'm assuming they decided they'd had enough of him. It's funny, though, like looking at the 80s. I just want to say this. I just want to look at this because of the manager, Dick Houser, was the manager from 82, got fired at 40 and 48 in the 86 season. Yep short short leash and i don't know what happened they fell off a cliff that year man that's crazy to look at that and be like man they won the world series after 191 games in 85 yeah. and then they go down and they fire their manager eight games under 500 into the season
1: yeah and they and, and in 15 they won 90
0: 95 games? games yeah crazy it is crazy, but no, I think Ned Yost is a solid pick. Um, he is the guy I think of when I think of managing, somebody managing the Royals.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Is Ned Yost. And I think a lot of that has to do with my age, but. Yeah, same. Anyway, so. Very cool. There you Very go. Very cool. Baseball family, let us know, like Brick said, what you think about. what the guys we put on the Mount Rushmore, does Bo Jackson belong on Mount Rushmore for the Kansas City Royals? Let us know. Hop in the mailbag. There's a link in the description of every single episode that will get you to the page. All you got to do is fill it out, submit, and it will come straight to us and we will respond on the show. Also, don't forget to hit up Chinookseedery.com. You can go over there and get yourself some seeds. Use code BTPOD for 10% off your order. It helps out the show because we have an affiliate partnership with them. and also helps you out because you're getting fantastic seeds getting ready for the season to start. They're the best seeds ever. They're the best seeds ever. I use them for road trips, and I just love them.
1: Don't forget, Baseball Family, you can also jump on Patreon and search baseball together. That's a great way to support the show. We have tiers of support at $1, $5, $10, and $15. They all come with their own perks, but the biggest perk is the bullpen cut. It's unedited. You get to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff, all the bad jokes, and the
0: everything else that happens. It's just wild. We actually ran through a what-if between segments today. We did. Um, Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're, we're really fun. getting into the what ifs. We'll <laughs> let you know how we.
0: You, you, I mean, you'll
1: know. They're going
0: to come yeah. <laughs> in. Yep. <laughs> and also be there sure you. to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss anything. We do chop everything up into bite sized clips for you because we know not everybody has time to sit down and listen to a 45 minutes to an hour show every week. So you can just get the individual segments on YouTube if that's what you prefer to consume the show. But, baseball family, thank you again so much for joining us. We will catch you next week. Thank you.